You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Today I've got uh, a lot of tech to talk in today's program. Later on, we'll be talking about Star Wars Battle Drones. And we are giving one today away on our website. Uh, hit uh, our website at getconnectedmedia.com or even better, our Facebook ha- uh, page and uh, enter to win. You could win a Star Wars X1 TIE Fighter Battle Drone. We'll give you more information later on the program about that. We'll also be talking uh, with uh, a really cool guest about a website called Jam Bios, uh, a social site that allows you to share memories with your friends and family uh, and really create some great stories together. And our guest is Ian Cusick. You might know him from the television series Lost. He was uh, one of my favorite characters, Desmond, and he's also uh, starring in the uh, CW show The 100, which films uh, here in Vancouver. I've got uh, my uh, guest host uh, in studio with me today, AJ. How you doing? Hey, good, Mike. Good. Some interesting uh, stories that uh, you know I think we've come across uh, this week. Uh, one of them, uh, uh, Google's new privacy dashboard is going to make it easier to see what Google knows about you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, this is actually a really good thing for people to do. And you know, I, I say give. Google a thumbs up on this one because they've actually, like you said, they, they're making it easier for people to actually see how their data is going to be used across all the different Google services. You can actually go in there and check your account and actually find out um, you know, how that data be, is being used and where it's being stored. And you can actually delete information in there, such as your search history and things like that. I'm not saying this information doesn't exist today, but what they're doing is they're updating it so that it's way more easier to navigate. And instead of being all like text menus and stuff, they've actually made it quite image-based. So it's kind of makes it a lot more user-friendly to find it out. Well, I like that. I didn't, I got to be honest, I didn't know this existed. <laughs> so they've had a dashboard out. Uh, like you said, they're going to be redesigning it to make it even easier. But I like the fact that you can go in and see all the different things that you've been doing, uh, whether that's in your Chrome browser or even YouTube. And it is amazing how much information is in there. And you know what? I mean, Google sees this as an important thing to do. Uh, in 2015, uh, people probably remember they, la- they launched that privacy checkup. And tens of millions of people have actually gone to use that service just to make sure that, you know, how their information is being used. So this is just another step uh, towards uh, really making it easy for people to understand, like, what their online profile is and how they're being tracked. And it's amazing how much we're being tracked. Uh, this next story kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know about this, AJ. Inaudible ultrasound commands uh, can now be used to secretly control a lot of these voice assistants that we have in these smart speakers uh, and even our smartphones like Siri, Alexa, and Google. Yeah, well, especially like the smart speakers, Mike, because those are becoming so popular, like Google Home and the Alexa, as you mentioned. Um, But also you can talk to any device that you have, like with the Siri or the uh, Google Voice. So um, this is interesting. This isn't the first time that this has been studied, but most recently a Chinese university uh, researchers uh, created a program uh, to translate normal voice commands into frequencies that are too high for human uh, to hear. So so they would literally like create these um, commands, but then they would use those frequencies and they tested them to see whether or not these devices like Siri or Google Now, uh, Samsung, Alexa, Cortana, any number of these um, interfaces, including car interfaces as well, could be controlled using these inaudible uh, commands. And they actually proved that they could be. It, it, I didn't even think about this. So they, they take the voice uh, and put it up into that higher end range where uh, humans can't hear it. It's still there, 
But uh, like you said, they are controlling these devices. They actually dubbed this called the dolphin attack because dolphins use high-pitched sounds to sort of um, determine their sort of navigation underwater, similar to bats as well. So they called it the dolphin attack. But yeah, they could actually do things, um, a number of different commands. They proved that they can control, for example, starting a FaceTime call on an iPhone or um, telling Google Now to switch a phone into airplane mode. They were even able to manipulate the navigation system in an Audi, uh, in an Audi um, car system. They've been doing this in TVs apparently as well. Did you read that? Yeah, I did. That's really interesting. So so broadcasters, commercials have actually um, send out these signals. So while you're watching, you know, the football game or whatever TV show, when the commercial comes on, they've actually sent out these um, these same high-pitched frequencies to be able to track cookies in your web browser so that they could get a sense of um, what activities were taking place when people through, were watching TV. Through your TV? Yeah. Can you Can you imagine that? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, scary. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, even in this research that was done by the um, Chinese university, the researchers there, they're sort of saying that don't get too freaked out um, because you do need to, um, you know, be relatively close to the device, like literally within a few feet away to be able to send these commands. So the TV thing is a bit scary, but realistically, it's hard for people to be, you know, sending these commands into your home uh, without actually like getting into your house first. You know, I, I really think uh, government's got to look into some of this here. You know, if they can broadcast these signals through our TVs and actually track what we're looking at on our web browsers, uh, that is kind of freaky. There should be some regulation behind that. Yeah, and, and you should be able to buy some sort of app for your phone. Maybe we'll have that for the next app of the week where you can actually turn it on <laughs> and uh, have any, um, you know, of these high-frequency pitches actually uh, be dictated in sounds you can hear. Again, uh, we've got a lot to talk about on today's program. Uh, up next, uh, we'll be talking with Ian Cusick from Lost and the 100 about Jam Bios, a great new social site for sharing memories. We're giving away a Star Wars TIE Fighter battle drone. Go to our Facebook page, Get Connected Media, and enter to win. This is an amazing price. I think it's worth over $500. We'll also be uh, talking about what to expect with the big Apple announcement coming up uh, next week. Will there be an iPhone 8? What will it look like? Well, we'll get into some of the... Uh, I guess, uh, theories behind that. And of course, uh, App of the Week as well. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Today I've got uh, an exciting guest with us, or, or guests. I've got uh, Ian and Annie Cusick. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having us. I uh, wanted to talk about uh, something you're promoting now. Uh, you're obviously an actor well-known to a lot of uh, the listeners here. Uh, you've been on Lost. You've been on The Hundreds, a new movie, Rememory. Uh, but now you're also working with a, uh, a website uh, that helps people share memories called Jam Bios. Tell us uh, a little bit about it. So Jam Bios, uh, it came to me. Um, I was doing a real estate transaction with Beth Carvin, <clears throat> excuse me, who's the CEO, founder of the company. Uh, we were chatting. She was telling me about her idea, Jam Bios, which, as you said, is a, a platform where you can share memories with individuals, with groups. And I said, I've just done this movie called Rememory with Peter Dinklage, and it's going to be at Sundance. And it's about a man who invented a machine that captures your memories, and you can store them and share them. And we both had a little bit of a kind of strange woo-woo moment. Um, she started talking more about her, her idea, her company. Uh, my wife and I were extremely taken with the idea and then later on uh, Beth said would you be interested in, in joining um, as creatives as you know the front of the company and we had no knowledge of, of this you know tech you know world and 
we just thought what a great opportunity, how much fun that would be. And so we, we jumped in and we've been having a great time ever since. Well, tell, uh, tell our listeners what happens when you go to the JamBios site. What, what do you have to do? So go on uh, www.jambios.com. <clears throat> it will ask you to register, uh, which is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, when you registered, uh, there's a whole, there's a screens that come up about um, you can do your story. There's, there's a character called Monty who's there. I voice Monty and I give you hints about in case you're stuck because you might just come to an open page and that's, you know, what do I write about? What, what, what memory would I like to capture, share? So Monty says, uh, tell us about your favorite, uh, the greatest love of your life, the, you know, the, the one that got away, you know, so I will be there, Monty's there too. And there's a whole, you know, I, I did about 100, 200 questions um, to, to prompt you. Uh, you write your story, you should, you know, write out your memory. And then, because it's private by default, nobody can read your story. You have to invite people to read them. So it's private. Uh, so then I finish my story, then I will invite you, uh, send it, and, and, uh, and then you will either accept or reject if you accept. You can come into my story. You can actually, um, on a sidebar, you can suggest things or alter things or say, that wasn't actually quite how that happened. Don't you remember it happened like this? You know, Uncle John was there and he said this. And then I'll say, oh, great, let's add that into my story. So you can actually put bits into the story. I can either, and if you start swearing or doing something I don't like, say, can you, can you maybe alter that, maybe change that? And so you have a back and forth, and then you have your story. Now, when you have that story, you can invite other people to share it. Here's one of the cool things you can do. You can uh, put it, print it out. Put it, it goes into, you can do it into a book form. You can add a photo, and there it is. That's your thing. You can share it with somebody, print it out, make it into a, a whole bunch of, like somebody's 50th, somebody's 21st, and you can have it in a book form, and there's your present. There's your 21st memories of Uncle John. Uncle John. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very cool. Um, I guess it differs uh, than a lot of the other social sites out there, like the Facebooks and uh, Instagrams. Like, what would you say that makes it different? Uh, I guess the main thing that makes a difference is that you can write as much as you want or as little as you like. It's there. It's a preserved memory. It's not as um, things like Snapchat would go away. Facebook, if you go and try and find something, what did that person say? And you're scrolling. I don't know how you can find that stuff or to, you know trying to find an old stuff. It's right there. Um, uh, so I guess the idea is it's 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 for people who who want to capture more detail. It's more in depth. It's not as um, I would say it's not as bubblegummy as bubblegummy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. So, I understand that. Yeah. So and it's and it's kind of I guess more private as well. It is totally private. That's right. It's it's absolutely private. You only sh- you can only share it with the people you want to share it with. So yeah, very cool. So Annie, over to you. Uh, you're in the arts as well, kind of stories. What appealed yes. to you about Jambios? Well, yeah, I am in the arts. I work um, entirely in theatre. I'm a, a playwright, and I, I, my work's always aimed at young children. Um, so when Beth and Ian were talking, and I was just, I was sitting listening to them talk about the film Rememory, and immediately I just started to have loads and loads of ideas about Jambios. And I've, I've never had anything to do with any tech site at all. I know nothing about it. Um, but what I've learned from working with Beth is that the pr- our processes are really similar. So my creative process in writing a play is really similar to how she's creating this platform. So I- I've been feeding into like the Monty questions that Ian read out. I, I wrote most of them. And 
and there's other other ways she's going to involve me in like creating a like a gallery for jam bios and so the creative ideas the creative process are similar so it's been it's been really fascinating uh, for me to jump sideways jump into this field you know and I have actually have a lot more um, respect for it well I didn't know anything about it and I never thought tech industry as being creative yeah. but it really really is you know I thought oh well we're the creatives they're the techs but that's totally not true we both we can learn a lot from each other let's talk about Hawaii like this is developed in Hawaii when mm -hmm. I think tech I don't always think the Hawaiian islands you know neither do I and I'm that's one thing I'm really really thrilled about because I do our kids are you know college age and and beyond we have one left at home and uh, they're not into tech at all, of course, typical. <laughs> they're all artists as well. But a lot of their friends are, you know, they, and actually they've, they're home for uh, summer break from college and they're getting internships with tech companies and they really want, these kids want to come back and live and work in Hawaii. So I love that Beth is really, will do everything she can to stay in Hawaii, to give these young people the opportunity to stay and live and work at home and to create a, a better industry in Hawaii something that can match with the tourist industry, which is, you know, how it survives right now. So why not? You know, it's a beautiful location. Young people who grew up there want to come back. It's very strong on family ties and, you know, connections. So I, I'm all for it um, succeeding in Hawaii. I think it'd be a great place for it. I want to talk about the, the business model now. Mm -hmm. uh, Ian had mentioned that you can get a book printed out. Obviously, that's how Jam Bios would make some money. But what are some of the other uh, business opportunities for it? Well, I believe there's an, another opportunity for, example, a corporate company to uh, get involved. Uh, let's say, I think Beth uses this example of a, a car company, Volkswagen, for example. Um, I've never had a VW. Or maybe we did. Our first car might have been a VW. Yeah, that old blue car. Um, but they might say, mm, how can we celebrate VW? Let's have everybody write a jam bars about their story with, with their VW like we would write about our very first car. So they would create this huge map of interesting stories about their brand of cars. So that would be one way. Um, even like the, I work a lot for non-profits in Hawaii, uh, and I was thinking for the theatre, it'd be great to have a, a jam bios about the, the experience of Honolulu Theatre for youth, everybody, because everybody's connected with that theatre. You know, everyone went there as a kid or take, take their kids there to see a show. Wouldn't it be great to have a big map of jam bio stories or a book about people's experiences at HTY, the Theatre for Youth? Um, so I think there's, there are ways for corporate companies to get involved, and that would be a, a income revenue for them, you know, as well as the books. And I'm, I, right now I've got several jam bios on the go. I've got a really fun one about first day at college that I invited all my college friends to contribute to and that's really interesting you know because we all have you know the same event but different memories of meeting each other and I guess it gets uh, addictive like when you start getting the memories completely it. It, it's so much it's so much fun um, and it does take more time than these days that we like to give ourselves with things I notice that we're all very like okay I'll do five minutes of Facebook and then I'll do well I don't do Twitter but I'll do a few minutes of Twitter then I'll go and do this and John Bios forces you to sit down and really relish in those memories, you know. And then we had a dear friend uh, who passed away this year, and you know, I've, I started one about him and his life because everybody, I've been writing to his friends, getting stories from them. Everybody loved him, and you, especially at a time of grieving or at a time of celebrating anything, people want to capture it and write down what they remember. So there's, I think, there's so many um, opportunities for this uh, platform to really connect with people and give somebody, you know, give us a great opportunity to put these memories out there. Just yesterday I was saying to Ian, 
you know, we were talking about the feelings of memories that you have and how do you capture it and how, why do we remember the things we remember and forget the things we forget? And I think that's why we look back to the people that we've met and been with in the past and say, what do you remember, Mike, about that moment? Were you, you were there, right? What's your memory of it? And then we can build on it. And yeah, but that jogs your memory as well once you start filling in some of the gaps. And I have a lot of gaps. Exactly, me too. I know. So it's, it's beautiful. The college thing, for example, is great because uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't remember that, but I was right there. And how lovely for the, for my friends to fill in that fill in that gap. So it's creating your you know the, the map of your life really in a, in a, a very reflective, but joyous way because the mem- memories most memories are very joyous. The ones that we choose to focus on, or if they're not, we should really focus on the joyous ones. You know. Um, but yeah, but then some people do use it when you did the memory of the week thing. Some people do use it as a way of talking. There were some that were not very joyous moments, but it was for some people. This woman said, "This is the first time I've ever written about this, and I wasn't going to, but I find myself for the first time in my life writing about this. You know, a really tragic moment in her life. Therapeutic. It was therapeutic as yeah. well. Yeah, and that was a whole new door opening. So you know, it's it's served many purposes. Is is really it's a beautiful way to connect rather than just you know, hi on Facebook and you know people liking. Instead of liking, they can contribute to a story about it. Uh, again, it's free. Jambios.com. Jambios.com. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Thank nice. you very much for having me. That again was Ian and Annie Kusick. You will probably remember uh, Ian Kusick from Lost, uh, one of my favorite characters, uh, Desmond, and uh, in his uh, show right now, uh, The 100, filming uh, here in Vancouver. When we come back from the break, we will be talking about Star Wars and Star Wars battle drones. Have you ever wanted to fly your own TIE fighter or X-Wing fighter? Now you can. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo in studio here. Still a lot of tech to talk. Now coming up, uh, something that I love, Star Wars. On the line, we have uh, our friend Darren Scott Matloff from Propel. Thanks for joining us, Darren. Thank you for having me. Uh, I wanted to bring you on the program because you guys have come out with some really cool drones, battle drones uh, for that matter. If uh, you are a a big Star Wars fan, uh, love the TIE fighters, X-Wing fighters, uh, this is definitely a segment you want to listen to. Uh, I want to thank you too. You invited me to a big New York launch event where we actually got to test out these drones and and fly them around. Uh, Tell our listeners uh, what these are all about and how they're different than, you know, the traditional drones that, uh, you know, we see. Well, Aside from the fact that they're absolutely uh, highly detailed and incredible uh, Star Wars ships that, that actually come to life and fly like the real thing, which is um, spectacular if you're a Star Wars fan, what we were able to do is take a next-level technology um, called Li-Fi and a technology called IAT, which essentially allowed us to build the first-ever drone gaming platform. So we, we have this idea... Um, that we can create a, an, an actual gaming system um, through drones. Uh, we, can, we can talk about that a little bit, a little bit further. Yeah, let's, um, let's talk about that. This, uh, you know, t- traditionally when I think uh, drones, I'm thinking, you know, ones that can go high up in the air and they take video and pictures. These are more specifically kind of uh, for fun and, and for battling, uh, so to say. Uh, how, do, how does that all work? Exactly. So um, essentially, if you look at the, the drone industry, which has been growing at a very fast pace, um, you have uh, drone filming, which was, uh, has become huge. And then most recently, um, we've seen a rise in drone racing, 
And um, uh, what this is, it's the first ever drone gaming platform. So what we did is we, we created uh, drones that were palm-sized that could be used either outdoors or indoors. And the idea isn't to, to fly far away, but to actually um, battle against other people in more of a group setting, group environment. And um, through a technology called LiFi, um, which if it sounds like Wi-Fi, that's because it's very similar. Um, LiFi is a, is a phrase that was coined by a gentleman named Professor Haas at Edinburgh University in Scotland. And essentially what it is, it's the idea is instead of using radio waves to transmit data, what if we could harness the power of light? Now, everybody knows that light is a much faster medium, and the bandwidth is also bigger. Um, what we were able to do is, uh, in our laboratories, in our, in our Propel laboratories, we were testing the technology, and we were able to take that Li-Fi technology and put it into a consumer product in these drones. And essentially what you have is you have a kind of laser tag where you fly your Star Wars ships around and you shoot at one another. But what's interesting about this is that we're not able just to shoot the other drone. We're actually transmitting data at a very high speed over that light beam. And it's, and it's incredible. So not, not only can I um, shoot my opponent or my opponent can shoot me, but I can send information um, who I am, where I am in the game, what play pattern is happening. And then when that person receives that hit, it gets transmitted down a 2.4 gigahertz network to the player's controller, and then the controllers talk to each other using something called IAT, which stands for Intelligent Awareness Technology. And we bring it all together using um, an iPhone or an Android operating system. So if you have, if you purchase this drone and you have an iPhone or you have an Android phone, um, it connects to the controller and uh, the, the, it becomes a living uh, video game, basically, with, uh, with rankings and score and, and the whole nine yards. And that's what kind of, for me, set this, uh, these drones apart from a lot of the other ones out, out there. I mean, it's not just a drone. It's an entire experience. It, it comes with a controller, comes with the uh, beautiful uh, detailed drones, uh, and you put on uh, your iPhone or Android phone on top of the controller, uh, and, yeah, you can battle not just another person, but you can battle multiple people uh, as well. And I love the fact that you could actually go into the app and, and train yourself before you even fly that drone so you know what you're doing. That's right. We, uh, we invested a lot of money and a lot of time in developing a, an incredible companion app that comes for free that you download um, and works with the product. And one of the things that we wanted to um, create, uh, we looked at this from two perspectives. We said, well, what is Star Wars about? Star Wars is a, is a giant, it's a story, it's a narrative, and it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a movie franchise that's continued to go on and on and on. And we wanted to take people through that Star Wars story. We wanted them to become members of the Star Wars universe. So when you purchase your X-Wing fighter or you purchase your TIE Advance or your speeder bike, when you open the box and you sync it to your phone, it automatically knows that, that, you're, that you're either fighting for the Rebel Alliance or you're fighting for um, the Galactic Empire. And it asks you to set up a username, a profile, and then the app begins to take you on a journey where you start out as a cadet for in the Imperial Navy or in the, in the Rebel Alliance, and you have a commander who actually takes you through flight missions and um, through the app not only be able to take the consumer on this magical uh, journey through a Star Wars universe, which is really compelling if you're a fan, but we also cleverly hide um, in those missions 
um, lessons on how to fly a drone. And what we, what's different about this app, which is so spectacular, from a traditional app or traditional video game is that we used real flight physics. So we actually took our drones, we went into uh, an aeronautics laboratory, we tested how the drones react, um, their CG, when you accelerate, when they, when they, when they um, hover, when they drop in different condi- wind conditions, and then we created that uh, mathematical algorithm, and we used that as the flight engine for the app. So what's so incredible about this is that it's like a virtual game in your phone. You don't need to fly your drone, um, but you're actually learning the physics of flying, of flying that Star Wars drone. Um, so so if, you're, if you've never flown a drone before, um, this app literally teaches you how to fly. And after you know, going through a series of missions, you can literally take your drone outside and learn how to, learn how to fly the drone. I think so that's... To, 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 yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things I, I liked about the, the entire experience. You could be a total novice, never flown a drone before, uh, and get up and going pretty quickly. Or you could also be an expert drone flyer and still have an amazing experience. That's right. There's a lot you can do, 100%. There's a lot you can do within the app. It can teach you how to fly, or if you're an expert flyer, of course, um, you, can, you can move on it right away. The app has three pillars. Um, the second pillar of the app, besides um, learning how to fly the drone, which we call flight training, is what we call live battle. And that's when it really becomes a gaming platform where up to 12 users um, can battle at the same time. Um, there's a countdown clock on your phone, and then you begin to laser battle. And the IAT, which stands for Intelligent Awareness Technology uh, Backbone, that's in those controllers does real-time communication between all the players that are battling with live updates um, that are coming up on your phone. And we're able to create different play patterns. The third pillar of the app um, is being unlocked later this year, and we're not really supposed to talk about it, um, but something very special is going to happen, and we'll just we'll leave it <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Well, Under we'll, embargo with Disney, but well, we'll, hear, we'll learn about that in November. So there's a little there's a little more uh, coming. So if if uh, people can actually get their hands on one of these, where would they go? How how to purchase the product? Yeah, where can they get it? Um, in Canada, the item is is uh, being sold now at uh, Best Buy Canada. Staples Canada, and um, what is your major department store? The Bay? Um, the Bay. Those are the three places today that you can get it. Um, come holiday, uh, come fall, there will be a few more retailers that are carrying the product. We're talking with Darren Scott Matloff from Propel uh, about the new Star Wars drones. Uh, three available, uh, X-Wing Fighter, TIE Fighter, and also uh, the speeder bike from uh, Return of the Jedi, which is uh, pretty uh, pretty cool. Darren, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find out more information online? Uh, they can go to PropelSW.com. So Propel likes to move forward. SW for StarWars.com. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with AJ Vickery. We still... Uh, have a lot of tech to talk, including App of the Week with Christina coming up uh, very shortly. And uh, just wanted to talk about some of the uh, rumors uh, going around with the uh, Apple event, uh, AJ. It's coming up on September 12th. Uh, they're holding it at the uh, the new uh, Apple campus, you know, the one that looks like a spaceship. Yeah, well, you know, it kind of amazes me that Apple continues to be able to keep these things under wraps. Like, we don't really know, do we? 
No. And, you know, you look at some of the other uh, guys out there, like the Samsungs of the world, their stuff leaks yeah. all the time, yeah. like totally leaks. You know, like days in advance, maybe even a few weeks in advance, what it looks like, what the specs are going to be. But we still really don't know for sure what uh, Apple is going to be uh, releasing. We do know there's going to be some new phones. I mean, we're pretty certain about that. But what are they? Uh, you know, there's some rumors speculating that there'll be three new phones uh, uh, an updated iPhone 7S and 7S Plus, but also uh, what they're kind of terming right now, uh, the iPhone 8, a, a deluxe version. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the 7, the reason for the S is because typically Apple always uh, releases an S version of their phones, and they've done that since the 3GS. So, so I think that it's a pretty good uh, banking bet that they're going to do that. But will we see the iPhone 8, and what will be that upgraded features? Well, I mean, there's a bunch of rumors. Uh, they say it's going to be a large display and it will be bezel-less as well. And we've seen that with a few Android phones on the market now. Samsung has really been touting that with their Galaxy line. They call it their Infinity Display. Uh, the Essential phone from Andy Rubin, uh, again, uh, no bezel. The screen goes right to the edge. And that's what they're thinking is going to happen with the uh, the iPhone 8 or the iPhone Deluxe uh, version uh, as well. But it'll be interesting, you know, a lot of rumors talking about how they're going to do the, uh, you know, the security or the authentication. They're talking about actually building the fingerprint uh, scanner right into the screen. Uh, But apparently they had some challenges with that. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if they're able to work around that. And I'm really excited to see if they do decide to follow suit and, uh, and go with the bezel of the screen. I, th- I think they will. Uh, also, you know, it's probably a good bet they're going to go with the uh, upgraded uh, OLED screen as well that uh, a lot of the manufacturers uh, are using. And, you know, recently in the news, uh, they've made a, a big deal with Samsung to pl- uh, provide OLED displays. They won't say for what phones, of course. Uh, you know, but back to that authentication quickly, AJ, they're saying now, too, that uh, it will be using facial recognition. Uh, using the camera to recognize your face to unlock the phone. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. You know, so those sort of biometric um, security devices have been around for a long time, and I think it makes perfect sense because those are very difficult to to bypass. Uh, you know, they they also uh, were talking about wireless charging. This is a feature that we've seen in a number of phones for you know a few years uh, now. Uh, you know, currently you have to uh, you know plug in your uh, charger to the lightning port uh, on the iPhone. I I would just wonder how they're going to make the um, the wireless charging go like a, a large uh, chunk of change comes from uh, Apple licensing uh, the lightning port capability True. to accessory manufacturers. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something that you'd want to be able to walk away from unless they could recreate that same uh, licensing into the way that things charge in tables and stuff. Yeah, they'll probably come up with a, a charging base or, or what have you that has to have a lightning cable plugged into it <laughs> to yeah, go into yeah. the wall. I mean, if you look at the Apple Watch, it has uh, wireless charging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, uh, at the end of the wireless charger is a lightning cable yeah, or well, a I lightning uh, uh, port. That would make sense. Did you hear that they might uh, there might be some changes to Apple TV? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, go, that's go. a tough one because I, I think that like, um, you know, if you were to tell somebody to go out and buy one of these sort of, you know, um, boxes that you would plug into your television that isn't a cable box from your provider, you know, which one would you point people today to? I don't know. Um, I love, you know, I've got a few going on. Um, you know, I've got Raspberry Pis. These are these little do-it-yourself little mini computers you can go to hobby stores and stuff and put together for, you know, around 60 bucks. Uh, and load on a media center to it. Uh, love Apple TV because of Apple TV because of its simplicity and how it just kind of works in the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. Another one that I've been really impressed with is the um, Nvidia Shield 
uh, Android box, yes. Android TV box. That thing is freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah, that one's really good. Well, I think with the the one big thing with the Apple TV with Apple's news coming this September twelfth is uh, is potentially 4K support, uh, which I think will be an important part for the Apple TV. Yeah, you know that's you know a tough one. A lot of people have criticized Apple for the current Apple TV that they haven't provided. Uh, 4K or HDR support. Uh, but, you know, there's just not a lot of content out there yet. I know Netflix and YouTube and some of these other streaming providers are, are starting to, you know, provide content in that regard, but mm-hmm. it's not like it's everywhere yet. No, it's true. But, um, you know, the TVs are there. So so everyone who's getting a TV in the last year is probably going to get 4K. So, uh, and, you do, know. Do you watch 4K content? Uh, no, I don't have 4K TV. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, there's even rumors. And again, these are all rumors and speculation. We're just grabbing them off the internet, so they could be worthless. But, yeah. you know, uh, they're talking Apple. Some of these rumors are saying Apple reportedly wants to charge 20 bucks for 4K movies, while studios would prefer to sell them at 25 to $30. But I just wonder who, who's going to buy them anymore when you can just get subscriptions. Yeah, it's a, that's a tough one. Uh, also, uh, they're talking about updates to the Apple Watch as well. Uh, actually building in uh, cellular or LTE uh, connections to them. I wonder if they'll make it round. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the Apple Watch still kind of squarish or rectangular. Uh, I know a lot of other uh, manufacturers, Samsung and Huawei, they've uh, made round uh, versions of smartwatches. So what do you think? Do you like the round or the square? Well, I mean, the funny thing about the round ones is that they're really just a square screen inside of a round bezel for the most part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's really no way to take advantage of the the round parts of it yeah. yet, like in terms of a lot of the apps that you download or the content that you use. So I just like the look of them better. I find the square watch for me personally, um, um, I don't like the, the, the style of it as much as I prefer a round watch. Yeah, so it'll... It'll be interesting if they do build that uh, in. Um, you know, I still don't know like all the practical applications for having a smartwatch that has got LTE built into it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I'd make that my primary communication device. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> yeah. screen is just so tiny. I have an Apple Watch. I love it. I love it for the notifications, uh, the Apple Pay, uh, you know, those types of things. The fitness tracking is fantastic. But, you know, am I going to make this the main device that I'm, you know, texting or messaging and, and taking phone calls on? You know, as much as I want to look like Dick Tracy, I don't know if I'm just ready for that yet. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Plus, it's not that private. You know, you sort of have to. <laughs> yeah, <totally>. you, know? <laughs> you look like a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, we probably also will uh, hear a little more on uh, their new HomePod speaker as well. They announced this last time. This is their foray into the intelligent speaker market that uh, right now Amazon, uh, with their Echo series of speakers, uh, they basically own that market down in the U.S., Google Home has come out uh, as well and uh, has made a, a foray into Canada, but uh, Apple is basically waiting till December to release their speaker. But I think we'll get some more details about that. Yeah, I kind of feel like um, um, that they're late to the game in that regard, and and it's really too bad because I think that people are really interested and excited to 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 have these smart speakers inside of their house uh, and just start trying them. Uh, of course, you know we talked about the news story where <laughs> you might be in danger from the dolphin attacks but nevertheless <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless uh, I you know really am excited about um, the HomePod and I really hope that Apple uh, has some news about that yeah it's uh, it, it is late to the game but they're Apple right they've got a huge install base mm-hmm. that loves Apple gear and uh, you know have shown that they they buy new stuff. They buy the Apple Watches, the new iPads, and and, and what have you. So I, I think they'll probably be okay. Uh, again, this one's going to be pretty expensive when it comes out. It'll be in the 
$400 range from what I understand in Canada, mm -hmm. maybe more. Uh, so, you know, are people prepared to pay that much for a speaker in their home when, you know, they might already have a lot of speakers. Yeah, that, that, um, is to be seen, but I think these are more than just speakers though, aren't they? They're more like uh, assistants and their ways to control the, the, yeah. the home control stuff. Like but do you need a $400 microphone? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, you know, that's a question, right? Yeah. That's a good question. So, but you it, know, I've, I've got a Google home. I'm loving that thing. That thing's like 150 bucks. Yeah. And you know, sure. Is it like a high end speaker? No, but you know, stick that in a kitchen. Um, it's fantastic. You can play music on it. It answers all your questions. You can make phone calls. And, you know, I think that's kind of the price range you need to be in for those types of uh, intelligent speakers right now. Yeah. Well, again, Apple always takes the sort of high-end route, so you can imagine this thing will be beautiful and will sound beautiful as well. Well, you'll have to stay tuned to next week's episode because we will have all the details on what Apple announced and kind of our thoughts on how that's uh, all going to shake out. When we come back, we still have a lot more tech to talk, including App of the Week with Christina. So stay tuned. We're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. It's that time, App of the Week with Christina, who is in studio. What do you got for us? I have an app to help you get things done. Really? Which, yes, which you need, is for it, sure. Does it make <laughs> me do these things or just help me keep track of them? Uh, it helps you keep track of them. It helps you stay organized. It's called Todoist, and it's available on both Android and iPhone. Um, it also has uh, some desktop apps for Windows and Mac, so you can actually have this everywhere. So you can't escape it. You cannot escape, Mike. It's going to follow you everywhere. Um, but this one's really cool. It has things like location-based reminders, templates for recurring projects that you work on. It has a project view, so anything that requires multiple tasks, you can actually see it as a whole. Um, and it organizes your tasks into three helpful tabs, things like inbox for stuff that you haven't quite gotten to yet, uh, today for things that are due today, and next seven days for things that you have to do in the next week, which is really cool. Is this for like home use or work use? Both. You can you can make whatever you want out of it. It's very robust, so you can use it in a really simple way if you choose, but you can uh, really use it in a professional way if you needed to. And so the cost? The cost, it is free for up to 80 active projects. Um, and if you need more than that, it's $30 a year. Very interesting. And again, uh, available on iPhones and Android? That's right. And it's called Todoist and it's all one word. Well, thanks for uh, the app of the week. Thank you. You'll also hear Christina uh, and myself on our weekly app show. You have to tune into it. It is fantastic. It's Sundays, 10 a.m. Uh, on the Chorus Radio Network, Pacific Standard Time, uh, CKNW in Vancouver, QR77, Calgary, and I think it's CJOB in Winnipeg. We talk about all the latest and craziest apps that are out there. It is uh, a lot of fun, and you will learn a lot and find a lot of useful apps you can use on your smartphone, smart TV, and tablets. Uh, again, called the App Show Sundays. You have to tune into it. For Get Connected, uh, I want to uh, say thank you to Christina and AJ for helping me out today. This is Mike Agarbo logging off. We'll see you again next time.